Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome to this week's episode of Buzz with Brian. Happy to be back here on the mic and have a very wonderful guest with me, P.O. of Delta Beer Lab. He is the chief beer officer. Go ahead, give us a shout out. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Delta. So we're here again doing a brewery special. Did one of these a few episodes back at Hubbleton, so really neat to be back in the brewery space. Excited to try out a beer here with P.O. today and listen to his story with Delta Beer Lab and what they all have to offer. So, P.O., what are we going to be drinking today? Uh, a little later, we're going to taste Sal's Pale Ale, which is our eighth pale ale recipe. So you might find it as PAL.08. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a collaboration with uh, Salvatore's Tomato Pies. Awesome. Great. And uh, with that, let's get on to this show. Okay. Again, thank you, P.O., for having me in this space today. Really love being in Delta Beer Lab's tap room and doing this recording session with you. Um, for those of you who've already listened in or maybe haven't had a chance to, quick reference back to episode 11, I did feature Delta Beer Lab's Bach in that episode and briefly talked about the brewery history here, but obviously you have the man himself in front of me. So Pio, what can you tell us about your journey with beer and Delta Beer Lab? Thank you. Uh, I, I started in the industry about 12 years ago um, mm-hmm. and I was a, a camp director uh, for the YMCA of San Francisco, decided it was time to make a switch and signed up for a professional brewing program. It was six months long, uh, intensive uh, education in chemistry, biology, and engineering. And that led to an apprenticeship. And I chose to move to Colorado uh, because the cost of living was lower and the jobs were plentiful. Oh, sure. That'll steer you. That'll steer you that way. (laughs) Yeah. So my apprenticeship was at Oscar Blues in Longmont. Okay. And uh, I still use some of those uh, tips and tricks from a bigger brewery uh, in all the work that I do these days. But um, I was there for the apprenticeship and, and packaging for a couple months, and then I moved over to Rock Bottom, uh, which was really the most influential part of my career because I had the opportunity to work for two different head brewers at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the Denver Chop House and the Walnut Brewery in Boulder. Okay. And I got to see their, their different approaches to the industry and to their guests and to, and to production, um, and really I to pick the, the best elements that I saw between the two people and maybe discard some of the things that weren't going to be my style. Right. So after a couple of years and, and another rock bottom in Colorado, mm-hmm. I ended up getting the head brewer job at the Minneapolis rock bottom. Okay. And I was only the, the fourth head brewer there in 18 years. Wow. Uh, so I got to follow in the footsteps of Todd Hogg, who uh, went on to start Surly. Okay. And now is at Three Floyds. And also Brian Tonis, uh, who started up Bent Paddle in Duluth. Okay. Wow, that's quite the uh, brewery family tree there. That's yeah. impressive. <laughs> well, and the Rock Bottom family tree goes even further because um, even though they had some trouble, at, you know, as a large corporation and, um, you know, the economic times of mm-hmm. 2008, a couple buyouts, the, the structure and the, the energy of Rock Bottom produced brewers that made gigantic brewing in, in Portland. Wow, um, okay. Sun King in Indiana and Three Floyds in the Chicagoland area. Right. Uh, in addition to the ones that I mentioned, and in addition to Delta Beer Lab now. Right, absolutely. So, yeah, let's get to that. What brought you back to Wisconsin here and starting Delta Beer Lab in Madison? Yeah, so after Rock Bottom, Minneapolis, I had the opportunity to build a brewery um, mm-hmm. with a restaurant group in the Twin Cities. Okay. Uh, so it was their eighth restaurant and um, only brew pub. And so I got to use the opportunity to take what I'd learned in the industry 
and explore further into space design, equipment ordering, and the installation of, of a whole entire brewery. Wow. And then developing a brand. And so we, in about three and a half years, we grew uh, the free house in Minneapolis in the North Loop from uh, a concept to the largest brew pub in the state. That's impressive. You really have seen and done it all. <laughs> before uh, you just... <laughs> I've done a lot. Yeah. Maybe not all. Yeah. But with all that experience, mm-hmm. uh, I knew I needed to take a little break before starting Delta. So I, in 2017, I went off for six months to hike the Appalachian Trail. No kidding. That's yeah. incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it certainly was a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot along the way. For those that don't know, it's uh, 2,198 miles from Georgia to Maine through 14 states. Yeah, no easy trip. <laughs> Not <laughs> no. for the lighthearted either. <laughs> no, no. Been a lot of... A lot of nights outside, regardless of the weather. Mm-hmm. So as you <laughs> experience this Wisconsin spring that we're having, right? <laughs> uh, it was kind of like that, depending on what elevation you're at, what state you're in, mm-hmm. you're by water or, or couldn't find water. It was, uh, it was an experience for sure. Awesome. So after you finished that, uh, that journey, I guess, along the Appalachian Trail, you then came back to Wisconsin? Yeah. Um, business plan was already written, and I already started doing some fundraising. Uh, so when I got back to town... Actually, I got an opportunity to go to Great American Beer Festival with uh, with the Freehouse folks. Oh, cool. And that was in Colorado, mm-hmm. Denver. And we picked up two uh, medals from JBF. Oh, very impressive. Um, so that was, uh, that was a nice uh, cherry on top. Yeah. I know I have mentioned on the show, Great American Beer Festival has come up a couple of times already. But, you know, a quick reminder for everyone out there, that is a very big deal. Very big festival. And to get uh, some hardware from that, that means you're brewing some pretty damn good beer. Yeah. there's It's... Uh, Stiff competition for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, so after after that experience, got back into into Madison, finished up fundraising, doing the uh, real estate thing and all the other behind the scenes business stuff that we don't need to talk about. Sure. <laughs> um, and then construction was over and we opened up the doors in February 2019 on the south side of Madison. Very nice. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about here, and I've highlighted it a little bit in episode 11, but tell me more about, um, I guess, some of your philosophy with Delta Beer Lab and the monthly nonprofit partnerships that you have? Sure. Delta was my opportunity to take all of the professional brewing experience that I had garnered over the years mm-hmm. and pair it with the, the nonprofit philosophies that were part of my, my youth and early adulthood, as well as my business partner who I mm-hmm. met in college. Um, so we, we both worked at a bunch of camps throughout our time and camps really do a lot, a world of good for kids. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so when you do it for so many years, that philosophy is ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. And then you go to start a professional for-profit brewery, a business. We wanted to make sure that there was a way that our business could do well and do good at the same time. And so we chose to pay our taproom employees the city of Madison's living wage. Nice. That's awesome. And then on top of that, uh, revenue sharing. Okay. Um, because the living wage is just the living wage. And so if you want to uh, go on vacation or buy something for yourself or you know go beyond just living, there should be a little cushion there as well. Mm-hmm. So all the beer tenders get a share of, of some revenue based on the hours that they work in the previous sure. month. With that, we don't take tips because we're, we're paying our staff what it costs. You know, we, we charge what it costs to do business, including right. paying our staff. And we knew that folks would still want to leave tips. And so we devised a plan to work with local nonprofits and give them the tips from sure. each of those months. And we weren't really sure how big of a deal it would be because we charge a little bit more for our beer so that we can cover the cost of our employees. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we found over the years is just a continuous growth and support from the community to give back. So the monthly nonprofit usually changes up every month. 
there's been a, a couple where they had two months. And we always seek out organizations that are as local as possible and have direct impact. So we don't, we don't give to foundations. Mm-hmm. Um, but if a foundation has a very specific program, like one, one is called Double Dollars, and folks with EBT cards could go to the Dane County Farmer's Market oh, very and cool. swipe mm-hmm. off $25 from their card and get $50 worth of vouchers. So wow. They doubled the dollars that they had. Yeah. And then when they went around to buy fresh fruits and vegetables, all of the money from those vouchers went to local farmers. And so is it really like quadruple dollars because sure. they kept that money in the crafty hands of our, our local farmers mm-hmm. and we made sure that low income folks had good quality food. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you're, you're paying it forward and paying it forward again. That's, yeah. that's awesome. There, there's so many great stories. Uh, last November we decided to work with Ketchum's got your six, okay. uh, which is, uh, an organization to support Wisconsin veterans and hopefully end PTSD, mm-hmm. um, and veteran suicide. It was started by a mother who lost their son who came back from a couple tours, mm-hmm. um, and was turned down from the VA from support that he really needed and sure. he committed suicide that night. Oh my goodness. Um, and so they worked to get service dogs uh, in into the hands and arms of, of Wisconsin veterans to prevent that suicide mm-hmm. option. A service dog cost $10,000 to get the dog and to train him. Right. And so we were at like $6,000 after November mm-hmm. and decided to add another month so that we could buy one dog yeah. mm-hmm. for one veteran. Okay. Uh, and Mr. Pickles uh, is with a, <laughs> with a Wisconsin veteran now. And has extra training to sense seizures about 30 minutes before the veteran even knows it's coming. That's incredible. Wow. Okay. I didn't know service dogs had that capability. (laughs) (laughs) Well, very cool. I really appreciate all of the uh, stories here. And I really appreciate the time to tell us about Delta Beer Lab and what they stand for and some of the history here. So with that, let's move on to the taproom space. Okay, so we're sitting here in the canning room right now, actually, but P.O., I thought it'd be great for you to be able to kind of give a nice visualization for the audience, what your taproom space looks like, you know, things to expect as people walk in for the first time, and, uh, you know, anything else you want to highlight about the space? Uh, When you walk in the front door, you come right to the point of a triangle-shaped bar, Mm -hmm. Um, probably the only triangle-shaped bar (laughs) I've ever seen. Sure. Um, (laughs) And the reason for that is the the symbol for Delta is a triangle. Right. Uh, it's the mathematical and chemical symbol for change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we talked about with the nonprofit partner program and some of our other good works, community change is definitely something that we are always focused on. Absolutely. Um, and so it's the first thing that hits you when you walk in the bar. And then to the left is the ordering station. We have digital menus up on TV screens behind the bar. Mm-hmm. There's a couple sets of tap handles on the back bar. And uh, in the middle, there's lab glass with colored water in it mm-hmm. that illustrate an, an ode to the lab that, that we espouse. I think that's great. Uh, and the taproom was really called a laboratory uh, or a lab mm-hmm. because we, we do a lot of scientific work in the brewery. But yep. the taproom was intended to be a social laboratory where people could gather, share ideas, disagree, sure. but also learn and experience community together. Um, And so the lab never really leaves any piece of what Delta Beer Lab does. Okay. I like that. With that socialization piece, what are some things that you do in the tap room for your, I guess, your patrons that come by? Uh, We do normal things that some places do, like weekly trivia. Okay. What makes it unique in our space is that we usually get a really great shout out for the nonprofit partner that we're working with that month. Mm -hmm. And so folks that come to play trivia at our place are having fun uh, potentially winning a gift card. 
Okay. Um, but really they're making a difference in the community when they throw a couple extra bucks over. And then we have Drag Queen Bingo, the third Tuesday of every month. Oh, fun. We host Madison Makers Markets in the brewery and warehouse space. Okay. We've had, I think, one wedding, oh. few, a few anniversaries, birthday parties, whatnot in the in the brewery space. Very cool. But we also have some friends that put on Rainbow Happy Hour every couple weeks where folks in the LGBTQ plus community can come and meet with other professionals mm-hmm. and have a beer and network. A lot of our programs come from other folks, folks in the community that sure. love our space and can see how their program can do well in our home. Yeah, I really think that's great that you have all these different programs that will feel comfortable using your space and do utilize your space. Um, another quick question for UPO before we transition to the next segment is, you know, if your patrons are a little hungry here in the tap room, what, what can they do for food in this, this space? Sure. Uh, Delta Beer Lab runs three businesses. Uh, we're a manufacturer in the brewery, mm-hmm. a uh, distributor in the self-distribution game, uh, and a retailer in the tap room. And so we didn't want to run a, a fourth business, which would be a restaurant. Right. Uh, so we allow our guests to bring in whatever food they want. Okay. Um, but uh, also we wanted to make sure that there was something else here for folks uh, that didn't bring anything in. And so we sell Pep's Draft House frozen pizzas from Green Bay. Okay, right on. I've seen them in the grocery store. Very yep. good. Mm-hmm. And they're some of the best. We, we tasted several different brands, and they're the, the best frozen pizza we've ever had. And they're local. Even more local is our jumbo pretzels from Batch Bakehouse right on Willie Street. Oh, yeah. Love Batch Bakehouse. Just down the road from my current spot, and it is delicious. Dangerously good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we have uh, popcorn from Badger Popcorn, and we just got in Deep River Chips. They're from Georgia, but they give back to the community in a lot of ways as well. Mm. Uh, and their slogan is, because we give a chip. <laughs> uh, nice. This bag uh, that I'm looking at here of uh, Zesty Jalapeno uh, gives money back to uh, spinal cord injury and diagnosis and paralysis from the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Oh, awesome. And then uh, we've got Mesquite Barbecue that's uh, giving money to the American Liver Foundation. Oh, wow. Um, so like with every bag of chips, they're they're doing good as well. Mm-hmm. And so there it's a, it's a good partner of ours. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all of the offerings of food that you have here, but let's get on to some beer. What do you say? Right on. I brought in sales pale ale. Like I said at the top, uh, Salvatore's tomato pies is an incredible business here in, in the Madison area. Mm-hmm. Uh, they now have five locations, yep. uh, including Dark Horse, uh, the art bar down, uh, downtown. And the people there are absolutely incredible. So when they approached us about uh, having an exclusive beer, uh, we had to look at their volume to see, like, is it possible to do a beer just for them and mm-hmm. us? And we decided that it would be a good to try out. Uh, and so we set out to make a recipe that was the most ideal pizza pairing beer oh, that sure. we could think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is a 4.6% alcohol pale ale, kind of in the West Coast realm, uh, mm-hmm. featuring Centennial, Cascade, and Citra hops. Okay. Um, but one of the neatest things about this beer specifically is that uh, we hosted Yakima Chief Hops' uh, oh, yeah. first hop and brew school that was held outside of the Yakima Valley last year before the great taste of the midwest that's a really neat event that's cool it was it was so much fun and for geeks like me the biggest takeaway that they brought was research that they'd been working on for for years about sustainable hop compounds sure and it varies between the the varieties of hops but they they presented the research that shows that the oils in centennial hops survive the the boil and vigorous fermentation better than any hop that they tested and there was 
hmm. probably 20 in that list. Okay. Um, and so we immediately took that, that data, that research, and applied it to the development of this recipe. Mm-hmm. And using a relatively small amount of hops, because we're, we're going for an easy drinking pale ale to go with pizza, we got really distinct and a refined hop character. Okay. So it's since we put it out, it's the beer I drink the most. Okay. Um, my favorite beer style is Belgian white beer, which comes out May 12th, which sure. um, also might be the day of this episode. Yep. Th- but this pale ale uh, is unlike anything else. Okay. Well, I'm very excited to try it. Let's get on to the pour. All right. So Pio just poured out this Sal's Pale Ale for us. The color coming in is... A very nice golden color. There's some darker hue in there, if you ask me. Um, Pio, what is this beer weighing in at? What's some stats on this one? Yeah, the alcohol content is 4.6%, so definitely a, a session pale ale. Mm-hmm. And then bitterness is in the moderate range at 35 IBUs. Okay. So it's definitely, it's not a West Coast IPA, and it's far from a New England. <laughs> For sure. Um, but the, the hot bitterness is crisp, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty well balanced. What do you think? Um, I mean, let's see here. Let's take a sip. All right. Here, cheers. Cheers. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so first sip, the hops is very apparent to me. And I think, I can't remember what varieties of hops you said are in here again. What did you have in this beer? Uh, we start with Centennial Cryo hops in the in the kettle. Um, okay. And then it's dry hopped with uh, Cascade and Citra. Okay. Very nice. Could you go into depth more what dry hopping means for our audience? Sure. Um, dry hopping is at the end of fermentation. We mm-hmm. add... Uh, hops directly to the fermenter. Yep. Um, and so if there were oils, which there are, uh, to volatilize off during mm-hmm. a boil or uh, rapid fermentation, yep. the dry hopping opportunity allows us to keep those oils. Okay. Um, and so it's a, a good way to round off uh, a hoppy beer with, with the aroma and flavor components from hops. Very nice. Yeah. So speaking of the aroma, I think especially as I have been drinking this beer here a little bit, um, a lot of pine is coming through um, on the nose and kind of uh, in that forward hop flavor. But as it kind of sits more on the tongue, I definitely get a very bright, juicy citrus. Um, it's hard to decide if it's like an orange or if I'm feeling like a grapefruit. But somewhere in there is kind of what I'm feeling on this. What, what about you? What characteristics yeah, definitely, do you get? Pine is very prevalent. Um, mm. I get some, some grapefruit as well. And just a little touch of mango kind of in the tropical fruit oh, range. Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, and then I think also the, the malt bill is present in this beer. I think there is some good balance. It's definitely not just a hop dominated glass. I definitely feel like I do get a little bit of that grain backbone to this beer, um, which I think probably would be why, I mean, you said this would be a great pairing, you know, with uh, Sal's pizza and that's kind of the purpose of this beer, right? Yeah. We designed it to, uh, go with, uh, pizza, Sal- uh, Salvatore Smell Pies, mm-hmm. uh, and it really is intended to be light in body. Mm-hmm. Uh, not linger on the tongue too much, but still have enough uh, residual flavor that it does balance the pizza as well. The hot bitterness to kind of cleanse your palate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the carbonation level is pretty good as well in, in that regard, but lower alcohol so that you can have a few while you're enjoying your pie. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, the, the malt bill is not terribly complex because we, we did want uh, everything to be on the moderate side. It's, it's got the two-row base malt. Okay. Um, a little bit of wheat malt, uh, Simpson's caramalt, and a little carafoam for head retention. But that caramalt is, is pretty light crystal, light caramel malt. Okay. But that's where you're getting that deeper hue that you were talking about. Oh, sure. On the appearance, yeah. And just mm-hmm. a little bit of caramel sweetness, 
to balance the beer out. Very nice. Well, I look forward to finishing this beer, but let's say let's wrap up this show. What do you say? Sounds great. Okay, so P.O. and I just finished off this Sal's Pale Ale together, and uh, I'm not going to have him rate it, just like I didn't have Mike rate his beer, um, the Tully Hall Irish Red from Hubbleton Brewery. So I'm not going to have P.O. rate the beer here, and we're going to keep it plain and simple here, 0 to 5 as always. Things I really did enjoy about this beer, I think the hop varieties that P.O. did involve in this beer were quite tasty, and they did play well together. Um, I think it's a very refreshing beer. I like that it's sessionable. The 4.6 ABV is is nice for having a little lower end uh, American Pale Ale style, and I totally agree with Pio that this is a great beer to pair with you know a pizza. So um, I'm gonna give this beer a strong, I think 4.00 out of five, and that's review. All right, beer fans, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in, and P.O., thanks again for having me here in Delta Beer Lab space. It's been truly an honor to share the time with you, drink this beer with you, um, and just, you know, learn more about Delta Beer. So thank you again. And then before we sign off here overall, where could you find these beers out in the wild? Tell tell us where some of the audience might be able to find your your beer, P.O. Our beer is, like we said, self-distributed throughout Dan County. Um, mostly the city of Madison and the in the cities that touch it, and we are in most of the grocery stores okay. around town. That that was a new ad uh, relatively recently. Very nice. Um, as well as some of the the prime liquor stores, uh, Steve's Liquor, Trixie's on the East Side, Yep, Jennifer Street Market, and Brennan's, both uh, specialty grocers. Nice. And then on tap, all over, we rotate handles at a few places. You can always find us at Liberty Station, which is our neighbor across the Beltline. Yep. Delta Beer Lab is open seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's good to note. That's good to note. Yeah. So all, all around. Old Brick Beer Garden's opening up, or it has opened up. Yeah, I saw it just um, this past week, I think, right? And they're, yeah. they, uh, we sell a lot of beer with them. Excellent. Because um, why not have Delta Beer right on the lake? For sure. Well, there you have it, folks. There's plenty of places to find this beer and drink this beer, you know, but please do come to the tap room. It is a really neat space. Um, but obviously find the beer elsewhere if you, you can't make it all the way to, to the tap room. Um, one last question for you, P.O., before we sign off here. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your 1% for the Planet initiative that your brewery is a part of. Yeah, uh, 1% for the Planet was started by Patagonia mm-hmm. um, many years ago, and it asked businesses, for-profit businesses, to commit 1% of their revenue, not profit, to environmental organizations that were vetted by the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a long time ago, the founder of Patagonia realized that resources were were tight. Uh, they were really big into climbing, uh, saw the effects of climate change way back then, and have tried to build a grassroots organization. And since we opened, have committed 1% of our revenue, both in the tap room and through distribution to environmental causes. And we focus on water quality resources okay. and climate change because both of those things are areas where the brewing industry has an effect mm-hmm. and also where negative changes in both of those areas affect craft beer. We've, right. we, we even saw that. We're seeing it right now in the rapid increase in prices of malt because of um, major drought that hit the Midwest or the, the, grain, the grain belt right. of uh, the U.S. and Canada mm-hmm. um, last year. Okay. Well, I really appreciate um, you sharing that piece, and I think that's awesome that you guys are very conscious of that. 
Certainly there's been a couple other breweries on the show or some of their beers we talked about. The breweries do a really great job. So I think, you know, shout out to you guys for doing an awesome job of considering the planet as well as all the other social initiatives that you guys take a part of. So with that, that wraps up the episode. Thanks again for tuning in. If you want to, you know, write in and any other beer ideas or beers you want to see in the show, you can reach me at buzzedwithbrian at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow along on the social media. We'll be making posts about this episode and other episodes down the road. And with that, looking forward to getting back on the mic again here soon. Cheers, beers. Cheers. Cheers.